0: Hi, my name is Chris Candy, and this is the Never Not Run podcast. Or no.
1: <laughs> or do the NNR for me.
0: This is the Never Not Run podcast. I'm your host, Chris Candy.
1: And I'm Mark Nieto. All right, we're
0: back. Welcome to the Never Not Run podcast, episode four. We talked with Tony Cavallero today. He's a friend of mine. He's an actor. He's on the show, The Righteous Gemstones, currently uh, was on the Nickelodeon show School of Rock. Uh, he's also been in countless films, very funny character actor, groundlings trained. I, I met him while working on a commercial for the UPS store. Um, and we, we talk about it in this episode of the pod where we, we kind of connected over running and, uh, it's just, you know, we, Mark and I talk about it too. It, it, running is such like a great gateway to kind of like just begin talking to somebody. And, and, um, it it really equalizes everyone because we've all kind
1: of gone through the same kind of weird experience (laughs) and had the same hobby of, of running. I don't think you could have uh, a further experience from mine than growing up in Virginia, going to military school, uh, being a division one athlete. (laughs) It was cool to get to kind of connect with Tony. Yeah. Over running. Exactly. um, And he's going to shine some light on some fun races Um, going on with you, Mark, what's going on in your world? considering getting a bike so big investment
0: we're advocates of all form of movement here at never not run um even myself right now i'm not training nearly as much as i have in years prior i'm actually kind of just so the listeners know in a year of recovery uh i'm doing a lot of kettlebells and i'm trying to get out there three times a week and and hit some runs um but with that being said i still want to do some races throughout this year Uh, i'm just not avidly training um as I sit here and wear my four by four 48 shirt, <laughs> we'll have to do a whole episode about that just to let everyone know I, I was a maniac in my past life with running. Well, it's coming um, up
1: again, right? Don't, don't they do it in March? Doesn't yeah, Dawkins maybe we'll, maybe we'll
0: do a pod where at least maybe the intro, I'll talk about how um, unbelievably life altering and brutally savage that race was for me. Yeah. we're going to have a never not run race. I'm gonna we're going to announce it next week. It's going to be a uh, end of winter, beginning of spring race um, to get everyone excited for the new spring season. Uh, we're gonna have the date and all that info. It'll be a digital race and an in person race uh, out in Marina Del Rey, California. Yes.
1: If you're enjoying the podcast too, you should also comment and give us a positive. Rating. Give us some
0: validation. Yeah, give us some positive feedback. We talk about
1: affirmations in this episode and and just we need affirmation that we're doing the best job we could do yeah we're trying to beat out all the other running podcasts out there (laughs) there's a lot of them and you know what we're 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 uh we're the best
0: i'm gonna just say it we're already the
1: best yeah four in and we got it on lock
0: (laughs) well let's get into this episode of podcast episode four this is the never not run podcast my name is chris candy and i'm mark nieto and this is our interview with tony cavallero We're gonna be dripped in in running gear oh, no. by the end of uh of year <laughs> one we're gonna be like garth from wayne's world just full head to toe uh pepsi. reebok yeah
2: <laughs> oh yeah pepsi reebok and pizza hut
0: yes yeah he was it's the and the little yellow pills um
2: oh yeah little yellow different
0: <laughs> well let, let's introduce our guest he's a he's a friend of mine a really talented actor uh, comedian from the Groundlings, um, ladies and gentlemen, Tony Cavalero. Tony, what's up?
1: What's up? Thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me, dudes. Where are you? Com- where are you calling from?
2: I'm calling from Syracuse, New York, where it is like 17 degrees and snowy right now. Really? Shit. Yeah, and I'm I'm up here working on a movie um, with American High which is like a production company up here. They bought high school. Okay. And um, I I did a movie with them. So they have an overall deal with Hulu, but like the movies they do have to have some kind, have to have a setting in the high school. So I did a movie with them called The Binge in 2018. Um, uh, And it's a play on The Purge. So all alcohol and drugs have been outlawed except for one day a year. And that's the binge day. So
0: is it kind of like a comedy? Um, like, is it like a, uh, or is it
2: like? It's not kind of a comedy. It's it's a comedy. It's 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 uh, the first one was great, and it was Vince Vaughn and Skylar Gazondo from Gemstones, and I play a drug dealing limo driver. And uh, he may or may not be coming back for the sequel. Mm, okay. Uh, yeah, wow. he's back, he's back for the sequel. That's why I'm here. <laughs>
0: For all the listeners of the pod, uh, Tony is currently on the Righteous Gemstones. He plays Cape. Does an amazing job on uh, as that character. That's uh, such a fun character. Um, Thanks. And, dude. and 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 we want to get into everything. You know, it, it's uh, it, the fun thing about this pod is like it's um, it's it's based around running. And and Mark and I just to give you like a little history is like you know we ran like LA Marathon and we kind of just like. Find it so interesting who you end up like connecting with through running, and 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 we have a story too about like we were working on a commercial together, and and then all of yeah. a sudden kind of found this fun little link about running. So I, I wanted to go over all of that stuff um, as well. But it's um yeah, you're just a uh, you're you're unbelievably talented man, and uh, we're just so happy to have you. Um, but we want to get into your 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 running past, your running present, and your running future, baby. Um, yeah, let's
2: dive right in, dude. So. I I was thinking of you this morning because um, so I split my days. Now I do, I do four lifting days a week and then I do three cardio days a week. And usually I do, usually I do. Well, I kind of lie. We've got a Peloton too, but I really love to run. And um, so today was a running day for me and we're up here in Syracuse and there's this beautiful Lake. And so I went and found a map, my run route. Along like the uh, the creeks here to get to the lake, and it was like two and a half miles out, and I was like, "Oh, perfect!" And um, so I went to go do <laughs> it, dude. And I almost ate shit like six times. It's kind of wet, super slick snow, oh, no. and and it's pouring down flurries. I'm like, I haven't run in that in so long, and like. I, I literally left, I did maybe six minutes and was like, I can't handle this. I'm gonna <laughs> hurt myself and yeah. I'm also so blind. Like I can't see anything as the flurries are in my face. But that run will happen. And I've done maybe two or three runs here, but I've been using the Peloton app a Do bunch. You like it? Just what's the Peloton like it, dude? Yeah, what's the So story? they have an audio only, they have audio only running programs. So I'll do like a extremely difficult interval run where it'll be like a three minute warm up. And then you'll do like four sets of two minute intervals with two minute breaks in between and then four sets of one minute intervals with one minute break and then down to 30 seconds and then back up. And then your 30 minute run is done. And those are like, oof. I'm smoked and the music is usually pretty good and it's just, I don't even have to think about it. So Ooh, like if I don't right. even want to look up a route or don't have to the time to look up a route or anything like that, I'll just do one of those. Right. As an out and back. And it's such a fun way to explore. Is there somebody in your ear? Yeah, okay. exactly.
1: Who's your coach? What's the person's I name? Go who's coaching to, you?
2: Who have I used? I've used, I think Matt before. I've used Olivia before. Robin, um, Selena, Samuela. Um, uh, dude, I, I love, I love using it. I also use that app for like meditation. And then of course for, for spin classes too, but I'm just like, man, we're paying this monthly fee. I I might as well get, you know, the full gamut of everything out of it.
0: It's it's so much more gratifying when you know, you're getting all the juice. Exactly. You
2: got all
1: that juice.
2: So, Anyways, I'm still very actively running. I'm
1: curious about your history with running and, and, you know, your relationship with it as a kid, if it was something that you were, if you were athletic or if you were kind of like us, I think Chris and I were more of like the hated the mile, mile. but, um, but I know that you have a kind of athletic past. Yeah. I was just wondering if you could take us through your history with sports.
2: Yeah. So I grew up doing, um, my mom put me in dance when I was really little, um, but I really didn't get my start in running. I did martial arts, I did Taekwondo. And finally, when I hit like 11 or 10 or 11, my brother, who's two and a half years older than me, um, they have an Olympic style Taekwondo team that would travel. And in order to be on that team, you would have to like make weight and you, you know, Mm -hmm. and their workouts were so intense. So, but I felt so lucky that I got that at such a young age because I was a porker for sure. But <laughs> I mean, I remember. I mean, I was always a chubby kid. I was two hundred and ten pounds my freshman year in high school, so I was a really wow. chubby kid. But I still really enjoyed the camaraderie and the um, the friendship. So we would do like long runs, long training runs, which weren't really. I don't really remember like super enjoying them. Um, but I definitely remember doing sprint workouts at the tracks. There was like a middle school track close to the karate school and we would go there and our coaches were there. Our, our karate instructors were there, one of which was an Olympic gold medalist. Holy so shit. she knew what she was doing. Yeah, she wow. won out gold in, in 88 in Seoul, Korea in Taekwondo. And so we would do like timed 400 meter sprints, timed 600 meter sprints, timed 800 meter sprints. And so like it was legit crazy training you know um right and that was kind of my first intro into that and then like i like i said i was i was a big kid going in a in a high school and i kind of tapered off with martial arts going in high school because then once i got in high school i did football wrestling and lacrosse and um you know all of those had obviously running um you know running was part of the training yeah regimen mainly I would say right. obviously the cross, but like wrestling, I remember when there would be snow days, like or I don't know why coach would like we wouldn't we would do training runs for wrestling, like five mile just go run. And I'm trying to remember why we would do that, but those were always fun because my high school buds and I would like bring our a bowl with us and we'd like smoke a bowl halfway <laughs> through the run. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and uh, one of the guys told our wrestling coach um, He oh, totally got busted for smoking pot um on her run. Did they but, try to um, kick you out of school
1: for that or anything?
2: Or did they no, slap like, cool, on man. the yeah. no. I, I was like I was an all state wrestler, so he wasn't there to kick me out. <either>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like where'd you grow up? Northern Virginia which is like a beautiful place to run. I mean, the fall, Mm -hmm. you know, even going into the winter and the spring out there, like the leaves changing. So our main run would, would, we would go from Annadale high school and we would go to this beautiful lake, Lake Akatink, which I think is about three miles um, and about a five mile run. But um, I think I really started to enjoy and, and really you know, it wasn't until I think, and I know this is, I don't know, people, people, there's like purists and other people that may judge, but it really wasn't until like MP3 players, like the freedom that you had to like <laughs> listen to music. Oh yeah. Cause when, when I started really training, um, I went to play lacrosse at a division one, um, military college in Virginia. And I knew Not only was it going to be grueling because it's a division one lacrosse school, but it's probably the hardest military school in the country, the Virginia Military Institute. Mm -hmm. So just to be prepared to be when you're there as a freshman, they call you a rat (laughs) and it's all the hazing, You like the worst hazing you would ever think of. So like literally at any point in between classes or in between break, any upperclassman could stop you and ask you for knowledge, just like a frat. Like, mm-hmm. who was the pres who was the class president? Who was this? Who was that? So, like, when you went in your rat year, you had to be in super solid shape, or else they would find you and know that you were not in good shape and fuck you up. And so I was like, I'm gonna be in great shape. So I mean, I would do timed five mile runs um that summer leading into freshman year or rat year at VMI. Mm-hmm. And once I was at VMI, you know, for lacrosse, we would we would have fall practice and a lot of fall practice. I feel like two days a week or at least once a week, we would do distance runs. And it's in Lexington, Virginia, with like beautiful mountain and everything like that. Yeah. Just totally gorgeous. Um, and um, so, you know, I had that and then I would still continue to run, you know, during the summers and everything else. Um. But I don't think really, I mean, it really wasn't until I got sober Mm -hmm. that like my running, my whole running game really changed. And I really got outside of that five mile comfort zone. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, and like so many people, it really wasn't until I read Born to Run Mm -hmm. that I even got past the idea of like 10 miles, like even 10 miles at that time was like insane to
1: me. Sure right. that, that book yeah, has that, been a recurring you know? text on this podcast yeah because <laughs> i think it was really important for chris and me too when we read it
2: right
0: yeah it's an int- yeah. it's a really interesting book cuz it's um it's we, we 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 bring it up quite a bit it's there's so much like inspiration that comes from that book and motivation that comes from that book and i i think it does such a good job at like opening your mind about exactly that like oh i could you know go out and just run and i think that that's my like major dis- attraction to it is like you don't need anything you can kind of just go and um and then yeah. but we 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 talked about it on another podcast too and i think it's like it's got this element too what was the name of the movie mark um that like
1: is the supplement the infinite race yeah it's a the good in- a- addendum to the book
0: yeah the infinite race follows the uh, uh raramari and um and it basically kind of talks about how in a way like That culture ends up being kind of exploited from like all like the rest of the world, and um, Mm -hmm. there's this really one funny scene in it where um, one of the like major badass Romery runners is like watching this documentary or this footage of them. uh, I think it's even the writer McDougal like doing barefoot running, (laughs) and the guy is like watching it, going like, "Why the hell would anyone do that?" (laughs) You know. (laughs) (laughs) but it's just it's a it's a it's it's it's, it's, it's really interesting book because it's so inspiring like and um there are those books out there right like it's it's you have born to run and and um i love the story too of just caballo blanco like i just you know yeah his life is so like magical like just living down in the copper canyons and like you know drinking coronas and (laughs) and eating tacos and kind of running around yeah Yeah.
2: like but i mean that's totally what I can't remember when, if I, if I ran my first half before that, my very first half is kind of crazy. So first I moved to LA and I would jog a little bit here and there, but then I read that book and I got sober and my first half marathon, I had, I think I, okay, so I think it was this. I think I read that book and immediately signed up for the nearest half marathon I could find (laughs) to suit us. Literally, I was like, I'm fucking doing this. And um, the La Jolla half marathon, I believe, was taking place, I can't remember, April. This would have been like April 2008, maybe. April 2009. I can't remember, but I signed up and I had a buddy that was finishing Bud's SEAL training there from VMI, from my military school. And he was, I was like, hey, dude, I'm going to be in La Jolla running this half marathon. We'd love to see you. He's like, dude, perfect. I'm going to get a hotel room we going to have a blast. It'll be an awesome weekend. I get down there. He's already shit faced with all his buddies. <laughs> There's no hotel room. <laughs> and at that time, my head was shaved and he was like, let's sneak you into SEAL Barracks. So I literally walked past the guard at SEAL Barracks and I spent the night with Navy SEALs. Oh my past, God. Like, walked past the frogman, walked past the guy at the front door, spent the night in SEAL Barracks, and then ran the La Jolla Half Marathon the next day gorgeous run but it was definitely chilly Uh, i don't even know if they do that anymore but no i it was after i stopped drinking because i remember there was a beer garden afterwards and i was like oh so bummed that i couldn't go to the beer garden (laughs) afterwards but i also remember it was like my first experience with distance like that because this guy was like i i finished past the finish line this guy was like duct tape and i was like what? And he was like, look at your shirt, man. And I had nipple blood, like all the way down (laughs) to my, to my waistline. He was like, put duct tape on those nipples from here on out. And I was like, oh shit. I didn't even, you know, realize it. Um, but that was like my first intro from there. And then, um, I think the following, I will never guess what races were when, but I've done, I believe, five halves. I've done three race to Roby Creeks, which is in Boise, Idaho. It's like the hardest half in the Northwest. And my my brother lives in Boise. So I always got to run those ones with my brother. And and we'll talk about that one specifically. But I think I did three of those. I did the Palm Springs half marathon. I did the La Jolla half marathon. I've done seven LAs. I've done DC, Baltimore, and San Diego fulls. Okay. So yeah, ten fulls and four halves. I thought it was eleven fulls, but um, yeah, that's and a I really. Think that was my. Yeah. Go ahead, Chris. No,
0: that that's a really impressive like catalog of of running. You know, like just that alone is like you know. You, you get a good sense of what your body can do, where you're at, how to like, you mm-hmm. know, handle it. It, it It's it, yeah. that that's, that's, I didn't know it was that many foals. That's great.
2: Yeah. I definitely traded one addiction in for another. That's sure.
1: a, I was going to say, yeah, which is, it's great though. I mean, I think we've talked about that too on this yeah. pod of the, the kind of, I guess the way that running can simulate some of those euphoric, uh, like the, the rush you get from like certain drugs or whatever, it's just yeah. replaces. Them. Yeah,
0: There's a truth though, to like, you know, definitely I started drinking way less once I started training for marathons. Like you can't, you can't like live a party lifestyle and then go do a 10 mile training run. <laughs> it just doesn't, yeah. it doesn't yeah. work. A lot of people love to like tell that story of Joe Strummer. He like, you know, partied all night and then ran like London marathon. It's like, Shut the fuck up. Like, that's just one person. You know what I mean? I, I, everyone's like, yeah. if Joe Strummer could do it, it's like, okay. I also think of like in LA, there's always that, like, I always wonder about this one guy. He's like, he's dressed up like Elvis Presley and he's running like LA marathon. And I always see him every yeah. year. I've run LA marathon four times now. And every year I see him, he's always in Chinatown and he's with like uh, other Elvis Presley buddies they're all dressed as Elvis and they're like slamming beers. And I'm like, is he drinking beer and running the marathon? Like, I don't get it. And this year I finally was like, oh no, he's walking the marathon. <laughs> and he's like partying all the whole mm-hmm. way through. <laughs> yep. You can't you can't do both. One has to go, it's uh it's not for the sustainable.
1: Other. Yeah. No. You gotta you wanna be able to do or at least I want to be able to do it for a long time, right? And there's you can't do that if you're like you said, pounding beers or not taking care of your body or whatever, it'll catch up with yeah. you.
2: Yeah. And I also for me personally, like about five years ago, we were in Mexico for my wife's birthday and I was going to go for a run on the beach. And man, I, I got about I was doing a sprint workout on the beach and my left knee just locked up completely. I couldn't even do like a quad stretch. I couldn't bring it up. And I was like, something is definitely wrong. And sure enough, I went and saw the doctor. And he's like, yeah, you've got torn meniscus in both knees. Oh, my God. And I was like, yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. well, that's what happens when you do that many races. And that, you know, that had been like a seven year period where I did like, you know, 10 marathons and, you know, 14 long distance races. And not only that, but like I had this awesome route. Cause I lived in a shithole and I was a janitor. And so like running was like my escape. Mm -hmm. So I do like a nine mile loop, a 12 mile loop, at least four times a week, probably closer to five times a week at that time. Like, and I would leave from, I would park by that little par three golf course on, um, near uh, in Los Feliz. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then I would, I would go there along the L.A. River and then there's a little a cut through a horse trail that goes and then connects with Griffith Park. Oh, yeah. And I would do an out and back. And um, I think I had that. Uh, I think there was in a nine mile loop. I had that, a nine mile out and back and a 12 mile out and back. And I just became obsessed with it. And um, I just did that all the time.
0: What was you? Yeah. you mentioned this? And I remember this part of your history, but you were a janitor. Yeah. Where were you a janitor yes, at? Janitor,
2: the El Portal Theater. It's an old playhouse on Magnolia and Lancashire in North Hollywood.
0: Right. That's yeah. kind of, you you've got, so so you would use so you're doing that. And then as as an actor, are you doing groundlings at this time? Like where I'm just kind of trying to like map it out with your running past. Like, how are you? You said you were using it as an escape. Um
2: Yeah, yeah. And and I was doing groundlings too. But you know what groundlings, like once you go through those first three levels, it's like these long wait periods you know what I mean so like right I had to wait two years you know in between classes for certain classes so this would fill my time and then you know I also feel like there's just such a sense of accomplishment
0: yes I'm you know, so glad you throwing, said that yeah
2: you know like just like to be like I fucking did that and even if like I, nobody has to know, you know what I mean? Nobody has to know, but just like, I don't know. It's like how all these Joe Rogans and all these jujitsu guys are like, I know moves that I could fucking kill you with in their back pocket. You know what I mean? Like I was able to walk into rooms and be like, I ran fucking 12 miles today, man. Yeah. And 102 degrees outside, you know, like there's just, yeah, there's something to it.
0: For me, I totally can relate to that running was this thing and still is where I can feel like I accomplished something, you know, I'm like, oh, okay. Like I might not have, um, gotten that part or, or it's really slow right now, but man, I I just, yeah, exactly that. I ran a half marathon today, you know, yeah. there is this awesome sense of accomplishment with running that I think bodes well, um, for. Having to, it, you, you could be in any career, quite frankly, but it, it does actually yeah, yeah. very well help you deal with downtime. Very, very well. I fully agree with that.
2: For me, I think um, it's interesting because I just, I dreaded anything over 14. Like anything over 12, I was like, yeah. No way, man. Even I did a training run, I remember, with my brother in Scottsdale. We did like 17. And I was like, "Uh, I never fucking want to do that again. (laughs) (laughs) And I actually, so I I coached a kid who I just saw, who I hadn't seen this whole pandemic. I coached a kid, Jack, um, who I coached all through high school. I did private lessons for lacrosse. And then his mom really wanted him to have a marathon on his resume. When he was applying to colleges. Wow. So I trained him for two different marathons that we ran together. We did San Diego together and we did LA together and totally forgot. We did two marathons and just got to see him right before the Super Bowl, And that was a whole other like really cool, interesting. Oh, you got to coach as well.
0: You, so you were a coach. Yeah. What was your coaching? Um, you know, I've never had a running coach and I'm kind of like wanting to have one um, in the future, but what was your, your tactic? We've just used the Hal Higdon marathon training website. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah, just, the internet has
1: been our, yeah, coach. the internet's our coach.
2: <laughs> so honestly, guys, there's no real method to my madness. It's just run fast. If you want to beat something, if I don't want to beat something, it's just finish the marathon. And so that first right. race, it was just finished the race. And I remembered, I said, okay, dude, if we can do 18 miles, we can do 26.2. That's awesome. So I remember our our longest run was 18 and um, we did it. We did the marathon. And the only reason I said that is, is because after, after I did my first marathon, I think I did that one long training one with my brother at 17 but I've never gone over 15 again as a train as, as a training run leading up to a marathon 10, 12. Yes. But I've never done it. Cause I'm like, I know I can, I know I can run a marathon yeah. as God forbid there's a cramp or something like that, but I know my body, how to mm-hmm. prevent those things, unless there's an injury or something, I'm going to finish this race because I've done it before. Yeah.
0: Right. That mental you know capacity. A hundred percent. Yeah.
2: And I, and I think, you know, for us, I think after we finished that first race, when we ran the second race together, he really wanted to improve his time. So we did do a few more longer runs. Um, but I just, you know, for me, it's it's um, it's really that front portion, that, uh, that front half of the marathon is really where it makes it or breaks it for me, because the second half, a switch goes and I'm like, I want this fucking thing over. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I want this race over and I'm ready to go. And I want a good time and I'm fucking ready. It, it, and if I don't set myself up in the front half, so like my best time ever for a race, I think is 323.
0: That's great. Wow. Um, yeah.
2: Yeah. I think 323. And that, I had a good first half of the run. Right. So then the second half I was like, holy shit, I'm going to have a new PR. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, towards the end, I was like, Oh, I'm going to have a pretty good PR if I can continue through this. And this was like a pouring, a pouring rain. Um, LA marathon. I remember this what one. What year was that? 2012?
0: 12. Yeah, it was 2012 or 13. Yeah. I remember. Cause uh, I was trailing someone who was running it that year. Oof. Um, it was, but I remember I, I'd never run the marathon, but I'd lived in Santa Monica uh, on Semicente there, where the turnaround is, or well, you turn for the yeah. kind of stretch, and I remember just standing out there watching it, going like, "Damn, like I can't believe how you know." Again, no <laughs> scope, And I'm like, "I can't believe how far these people have run," and it's in the rain, like, "Oh my god!" I just, I'll never forget. I saw this one guy; he had kind of like a big belly, and he was just kind of hustling through and he was like having the best time. And I'll never remember, I'll never forget what this guy looked like as I was watching him and I was going like, I could do this. You know, it it, I, I always had this sense of like, I could do this, but I never had the, like, how do I get into it though? And it wasn't, you know, Tony, like my, you know, our friend Sam and, and Mark and I ran our first marathon and we kind of trained together. And it was really this one kind of fateful day where we were just like, dude, the route looks awesome. Let's fucking go. Let's just do it. And, and it was just, you start, you know, and, and for me personally, all these years, I was like, I don't know how to begin. You know, I don't, I remember going to running stores like new balance or whatever, looking at flyers to sign up for races. And I was like, I guess maybe I'll run the Venice Christmas race. The desire was always, the desire was always there, but I was just like, I just didn't have the jump in. So this crew of friends, we really like got the ball moving and, and, it's 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 such a fun world and a sense of accomplishment and yeah, yeah. i'm i want to get into um that race you were talking about though um that you wanted to highlight race wanted...
2: ruby creek
0: yeah let's get into that so so give me the details because i remember on the job that 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 fateful day on the entertainer out in marina del rey you were you were breaking this race down for me and one thing i remember you said and i actually always remember this when i go on a run is you talked about what you eat before you run you go i like to eat a big bowl of pasta with a lot of cheese uh because then it kind of like backs me up yeah. a little bit. <laughs> yes. and i remember doing that my thing is i have like the first so, this is a side note but the first thing that i always know that i pay attention to is my digestion while i'm running because like you know when you're on these long runs you're thinking of like a billion things that are going on with your body like in split second decisions and like I remember going like, if I ate something weird and my gut was off, that was like always the toughest thing to get around. So I remember doing what works for you and it didn't work for me. (laughs) It's what I'm getting at. I was so backed up. I think I ran one marathon where I did exactly that. And I remember thinking of your nutritional plan and I was so backed up the whole race. I was like,
2: oh God, how am I going to survive? Okay, so the race to Roby Creek, um, is is the hardest like hardest half in the Northwest. And and again, there's like there's different speeds for me. There's when I'm running a race solo, and then there's when I'm running a race with my friend or my brother. So like I've run races, multiple races with both, Um, and. the Race to Ruby Creek is always with my brother because it's usually on his birthday weekend in Boise. Oh, nice. And so, uh, it, yeah, and boy, is it a blast, man. We start at a park that's like a 10-minute drive from his house in downtown Boise, and then you just head into the hills. And it's wow. nine and a half miles straight up. Um, And you literally end in the snow. Or, or the, the nine and a half miles straight up, and then you hit the top. And you're in snow. And then the last, uh, what is it, two and a half miles is legit straight down. Oh my God. Straight down. And then you finish and you're at like this beautiful, like skating Whitewater Rapids, like gorgeous mountain area field. And there's like massage tables, refreshments, barbecue. And then you have to take like a shuttle to get back. To where you started Whoa. but it is such a rad rad race and that's the first time i ever saw hokas it was like 2010 uh-huh. and i remember running with my brother and we're running along and i'm like what the fuck is that dude wearing up there <laughs> like this was like i feel like prototype hokas i was like yeah are those pillow shoes what are those shoes and i feel like like, cause Hoka's a Hawaiian company and I feel like this, I asked a dude and he was like, oh, it's a small Hawaiian company. They just started making these shoes, but it's like a lot of racers are starting to wear them, which was so funny because I, I feel like at that time I didn't have like the toe shoes, the minimalist shoes, yeah. but I had something like that. Sure, sure and uh oh man did that switch flip pretty much quick afterwards and i'm a hoka guy now for life oh, i just yeah. i i i have the combat boots that i wear everywhere as like my daily drivers i'm literally looking at them right now and then i've got i'm I'm a clifton guy i just i love my hokas man
0: yeah they're um, they're they're yeah. um they are like i i'm a stock owner me and uh you know
1: <laughs> they made running bearable for me, you know. I think it it really changed the way that I like what the my form. I felt like I was able to actually like enjoy running when I got my first pair of hokas.
0: Yeah, they yeah, they for me, yeah. I'm such a big dude, so it was just like yeah. finally something that was like sustainable for my my joints, and they're they're also just like such a fun, colorful shoe. Um, yeah. I I think that um they from what I know now, they're owned by this company. They're owned by this company called Deckers, which is out of uh, Ventura. And uh, Rita, Santa Bar- yeah, Santa Barbara. And and they have a showroom and you can go up and like, the, it's dude, Tony, it's so fun. I went with my girlfriend and her family. I was just like in a kid in like a Toys R Us for the first time. You know, I was like,
2: <laughs> oh, oh my God. God.
0: Like uh, you have every colorway, every style. It was like, I just melted when I was there. And, and then they also have an outlet and the outlet not so fun (laughs) they have like the really like bottom of the barrel ones like because that's the thing with hoka is like you're totally right they are like the ugliest shoe they just happen to be in vogue now and like they kind of dialed in their colorways but like the first time i saw them i was like what the hell is they remember those shoes that were like they had like a platform on the heel And like they kind of like lifted so they would like work your calves. They kind of reminded me of like a weird orthopedic psycho shoe.
2: They Uh, were supposed to make you jump higher, remember? Yeah.
0: yeah. There's some movie where some actor is like wearing a pair of those and like wall. Oh, it's in uh that movie for your consideration, the Christopher Guest movie. That yes, Christopher Guest plays a like a typical director, (laughs) and he's wearing like a Hawaiian shirt and like you know, cargo pants. And then it, and then it cuts that back and he's got, these like disgusting kind of like heel striking whatever shoes. But anyway,
1: that's what Hoka always reminded me of when I first saw them. So you, you were saying that the Roby race, it's what makes it the, the hardest. Is it because it's, it's just straight up. I and, think it's the elevation. The conditions? Yeah, it's yeah. That,
2: that crazy elevation. And then I'm not kidding you guys, like multiple times, like when people hit that nine mile mark at the top, And they come down like major wipeouts. Like I have seen major wipeouts on that downhill. Right. It's fucking dangerous, especially if it's snowy or chilly up there. Mm -hmm. Um, But that is just such a fun race because like it's racing with my brother. It's usually on his birthday. It's all his buds from work. It's, you know, everybody in the community comes out. It's a really, really cool race.
0: Oh man. That's, um, I'd love to run yeah. that with you someday. That'd be a lot of fun.
2: Yeah. I'm, I've, you know, I haven't run a, I haven't run a race since like 2016, 2015. Right. And so I messaged my brother about possibly doing it this year. What, what time you, uh, what time of year my, is it? April, April 17th something oh, like that. Right around so, the corner. um, that one. And then the other one I'm going to do before I die is the Tahoe 50 miler. Oh,
0: oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. We just interviewed um, this woman who like just gobbles these ultra marathons for breakfast. And I'm like always in awe, oh, awe my God. when I talk to these people, because I, you know, going back to like born to run or another big one that we haven't gotten into is, um, can't hurt me. The David Goggins book. Um, mm-hmm. But like you read those books and you're like, I could do anything. And then you get to the end of your first marathon and you're like, kill me. Oh, my God. (laughs) Right. And then you come and meet these people who who just, you know, I think the the last person we interviewed, she said, like, if I could read 26, I could definitely do 32. (laughs) Like I couldn't do 26.5. Like I'm
1: done. (laughs) Yes, you could. Well, Tony, I, it's like you said, you do 18. Yeah. And you just keep moving up, right? You just keep progressing.
2: That's I'm just like, you could, you could, we could, we could, we all could. We it's absolutely just, could. Yeah. It's, it's a mental, it's a mental game. And then really it's like, we talked about in this, a good transition. It's the prep work. Like mm-hmm. the first LA marathon, i the first marathon I ever ran, ran, ran with, was with my brother, LA and i want to say 2008 but it might have been 2009 um, and i shit my brains out and we did it like 5 hours and 30 minutes and i had to stop five times to use the bathroom it was awful yeah and i was like well i'm never doing that again um cuz that was that was miserable it wasn't even the race it was just the time yeah i was because the thing is i feel like once you start getting you're out there for that long. I'm just like, oh my God, shoot me. I, I I remember that just being the worst experience. Like that's an extra hour, two hours on your feet on top of right. what I was running. It's like, oh God, just get this over with, you know? And so for me, it's always the night before I do a late meal, like a nine o'clock dinner with as much macaroni and cheese as I want. And like, get creative with what that mac and cheese is. Like I get the fanciest fucking mac and cheese I can find. And I do a late night meal of that. And then I do a Pedialyte, a a whole, a big thing of Pedialyte that night. I do another Pedialyte first thing the next morning. And I do another Pedialyte before the race. Wow. That's great. So no yeah, no cramps, but three of those, whatever they are, two quarts or a quart of the pedialyte, the, the full strength pedialytes. And then just stretching, man. I have a 15 to 20 minute stretching mobility regimen that I still do regardless. Just Great. because, I mean, it's such a game changer. I mean, I remember playing college lacrosse and like, poof, who wants to stretch? Like, it's so important regardless like even if you're just fucking sitting at a desk all day right take five minutes to do mobility yeah. or some kind of stretching did
1: you put this together yourself or is it uh
2: somebody else's regimen? no just stealing from a bunch of different places mm. you know yeah. i remember you know for me like leg swings is a big thing mm-hmm. obviously quads calf yeah you know i didn't used to do a lot of pigeon back in the day but a lot of pigeon now but leg swings so lateral um and you know whatever it would mean like out to the side as well as back and forth you know leg swings um those are always really good to warm up everything um but i mean there's so many guides to mobility now and like i said again like peloton's got killer running like running specific stretching programs so you don't even have to think about it you know
0: yeah my buddy which is great a buddy I trained with this guy Matt cars hooked me up with this um awesome post run workout and it was like more maybe like 15 minutes to 20 minutes of training and uh, of stretching for that matter and it's just like I remember when I was doing that I was faster and, and able to recover quicker during the pandemic I, I kind of abandoned a lot of my self-care um and I was just running like a beast and uh it it it, it showed, you know, my, I got slower and it's, it's, it's so important, like to look at the whole picture when you're, 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 you're doing this thing, because one of the things I've noticed too, with running is it's a lot, it's a lot on the system. You know, you can't really Uh, bat an eye at it and just say like oh it's nothing we can just do it it is a lot of stress on your body your body is is taking impact from it and you got to take care of it you know and and that's different from person to person but you you know I, I really believe in that more so than ever because you're right who wants to stretch you know but it really does it's the butter baby that goes on that toast (laughs)
2: <laughs> it, it really is, man. And, and I just, I make it part of the whole meditation that is running. You know what I mean? That's the fun of it. It's like, I'm like, oh man, thinking about the route, thinking about how good I'm going to feel afterwards. Cause I did this stretch. You know what I mean? And like, I even like I'll stretch and I'll bring my Theragun, you know, or my Hyperice Ooh, Theragun. and incorporate that, you know, into the stretch, you know, it's, it's uh and make it all part of the routine. You were doing, too, Um, you, I, I remember I was, like, talking to you about, you were doing,
0: like, Wim Hof ice bath stuff, too, weren't you? Or you were just doing ice bath? Still do,
2: dude. Still do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I have, on a side note, the season of Gemstones with you guys and all the muscle dudes is so funny. Yeah. Um, that Oh, my God. I just, I laugh because I know you, and I know we talk about, like, sports. But... I'm <laughs> I just, the the attention to detail on this season about like gym culture and training and hyper masculinity, it's like, it's very, very, you're like,
2: Oh, it works for Tony. Cause well, it's cause you know, I'm out there with Adam and I, and we work out like four days a week together. And we're always like, Oh dude, I tweaked my shoulder or what, you know, we're fucking, you know, we're always talking what protein or what pre-workout are you taking? You're like, it's part of the deal, dude. So I mean, I feel like that's part of why they created that whole storyline is it's like Tony and Adam are fucking working again. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. They're working out again. And and it's, you know, it just it 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 becomes part of it. And you know, Adam's not really a runner, but you know that's, you know, we work in Charleston, South Carolina and like, what a cool, like every other block is like a historical marker. So like, you know, my wife and I, we, we jog the little Island. We live on there. And anytime we're in New York city, we jog there in Vancouver. We, oh my God, that that's such a beautiful city that like, we wouldn't see half the things we get to see if we didn't go out and jog together. And that's kind of, I mean, honestly, and we can wrap it up with this, but like when I first started dating my wife, we, we, we wrote together in the Sunday company in Groundlings. And I, I, one writing session, I was like, well, I'm going to go for a jog or whatever. And she was like, oh, I love to jog. And we like jogged in her neighborhood, in Laurel Canyon. And we did that a bunch. And like, that's kind of how we connected is we would jog. And <laughs> I would say like four years in our relationship, she's like, I don't, i kind of was just doing that because i liked you (laughs) i don't really like to jog but which is a lie because i know she likes to jog but she's like i don't like to jog at a place where i can't have a discussion and when we would jog in laurel canyon those hills would get me so breathless that i couldn't even we couldn't even talk to each other and she was like i was just trying to keep up and to show you that i was into sports (laughs) and running too But now it's like totally I sent her I sent her that trail that's nearby here around a lake. And she was so excited to to go for a jog together. So, you know, and then Lake Hollywood's right there down the street from our house in L.A. So that's a that's a spot we love to go to as well. Yeah, we we
0: hit that one up pretty frequently. Well, I I know we are getting towards the end of the show. And and um
1: and you've had like some just awesome anecdotes about running and. Thank you again for coming on the show and sharing all your stories with us. And we always like to end it with, uh, what's your runner's high?
2: What's my runner's high? Um, I think for me, it's, we didn't even touch on this, but I do a lot of affirmations when I run. I have like a standard set of affirmations that I do. Yeah. And I think it's probably um, when I get to that final affirmation, um, kind of when oh, I'm, I'm nearing the end of the run and I'm feeling great and I've just started off my day, you know, kind of end it with this. And it's an affirmation I got from an acting coach, actually, Jack Plotnick. This guy, he's great. And it's, um, I release and destroy my and need to feel unworthy. I know that I'm worthy of all the good in my life and now I'm willing to accept it. As I repeat this affirmation, my outer effect of procrastination fades away and I no longer have to feel the need to, um, to be unworthy. I think that's, it. I think that's it, but I usually say it running. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, um, it's a good one, man. It's a good one. Yeah. So I do a, I do a whole bunch of them while I'm running. Um, and, and that's, that's the last one out of the, I think five or six that I do. And I do them all 10 times each.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Oh, that's, that's, that's awesome. Dude, it was so great having you on the pod. And, and I, yeah. we, we definitely have to take you up on a run because um, we're always up there on the reservoir. And um, yeah, man, it, it's just a, it's, it's, a, it's an honor and an awesome thing to talk to you about
1: running. Yeah. Thank you, Tony. Are you
2: kidding me, you guys? Thank you. This has been such a blast. And I would love that. Like text me any I love running around that lake. Uh, And the wisdom trees right there, but you know, or fuck it. Maybe you guys get me out to do the the marathon again.
0: We'll hold you to it, man. We've got stuff uh, uh, under our sleeve and uh, it was just, it was awesome talking to you, man. And, and, and best of luck. You're on the East coast, get some snowy runs in and uh, enjoy the rest of your production, dude. Thanks dudes. All right, man. Thank you. Take care, Tony. Take care,
1: Tony.
2: Okay. Bye guys.